What's up, everybody? Here we go. It's time for another video. Uh, we're going to be continuing on where we left off. If you've watched the previous video, good for you. If you haven't, that's not good. It's not good for you. You should go back. You must watch it in order to understand. This is considered part two, and you must watch part one to understand part two. Or you could do it the Star Wars way. You could start with whatever part you want and then go backwards. Like three, four, five, and then, no, four, five, six, and then one, two, three. And then seven, eight, nine. But let's face it, nobody counts seven, eight, nine as part of the original. I don't. I've tried to forget them. They're on my shelf. I bought them a while ago. I don't really like to watch them. I don't consider them part of the Star Wars storyline. But you didn't come here for that. No, you didn't. You came because you actually wanted to hear about the will of God. So, listen. All that to say is we started this conversation in the previous video about what is the will of God. Our passage that we've been going through on Sunday is rooted uh, in the Lord's Prayer. And so when Jesus prays, uh, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're trying to understand what is he telling us to pray for. So in the previous video, we talked about the sovereign will of God, the sovereign will of God. This is God's plans that cannot be thwarted. This is what he does, how he rules, how he reigns. This is the sovereign will of God. Nothing can thwart his plans. Now, that is probably one of the things that we're asking for. If we're asking for his kingdom come, we're asking that God's plans would unfold and we submit and say, God, whatever it is that you want, we want that as well. That's, that's one aspect of that. It's kind of probably why Jesus says uh, in the garden, not my will, but yours be done, right? That's what we're looking at. Now, that being said, there is a second aspect to the understanding of what the will of God is. And sometimes uh, another word is used. Sometimes they kind of go interchangeably. But it might be, you might be able to make a case that some of the words kind of mean this in one area and the others. Um, and this is what is kind of God's will of uh, or wish. Uh, you know, this is kind of how we would determine this. Is It's, it's something that uh, when God's will is, this is what his desires are for you. And so we have God's sovereign decrees, but we also have his, his desires, his, his wishes for his creation. Sometimes this is called his preceptive will, not perceptive, but preceptive will. Like these are the things he wants his creation to do. For instance, Jesus says, whoever does the will of God is my brother, sister, and mother. So the meaning that, that as people we can choose to do God's will or not do his will. Do you understand? And that's one of the distinctions we need to make. That we have large will, right? We have the will of God. His plans can never be thwarted. We've been told that he is orchestrating all things. But in the other sense of the understanding of the will, is yet we also have a choice here. We have a choice of whether I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Um, you find that, that God has plans for people, but people are free to disobey. Not that we're free and that we should, no, but that we have, he's given us the, the, the ability to choose whether or not I'm going to obey these commands or not. 
So you can, ultimately, though you can say God is in charge of all things, you can also say certain things are not God's will because you have chosen to ignore his commands, his desires for you. So think about this. Peter says this in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact, but with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. And the Lord does not delay in his promise as some delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Meaning that, that God's desire is that not, no one would perish. And yet how many people choose to have an eternity without him by ignoring the gospel, choosing to live for themselves. Um, we find other places like this where um, uh, in 1 Peter 4, 1 through 5, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for humans' desires, but for God's will. There's already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying out on an unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, lawless idolatry. There you understand is that God has set up something else for us. And Peter is saying that, that we have a choice whether I'm going to live in his ways or not. I'm going to choose, am I going to put away the old ways? Am I going to put away what the world does? Or am I going to focus on him? And this is a call for you and I to understand that simply because I exist and am born um, does n with a, I guess, a, um, a, a desire for certain things uh, does not mean that that is God's will for me. See, often what people do is they mix and say, well, God's will was I was born this way with a desire for these certain sins. So for instance, if you were to look at that list, let's, let's just throw that up and look at 1 Peter 4, and I'll put it on the screen for you. 1 Peter 4, and let's make that very clear. Let's look at this, okay? Um, carrying on unrestrained behavior evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, lawless idolatry. I mean, you pick that. I think all of us at some point would say, man, at some point in my life, I've had a desire to be part of all of those things. Or I, my natural inclination is to do every single one of those. Um, okay, that, that's the fall. That's the flesh that's torn us away. Um, and so we, we, we want those things, but what we're being told is, but God has a different way. And that you just by living your life and saying, well, I, I have the desire to do this. How could it be wrong if it's been my desire, if this is my heart? Because the heart is wicked. And I, and I do think that we need to kind of realize that, that, that we have to come to a place in our life where we need to choose what God wants and not what we want. That, that we, there is a place in our life where we need to evaluate and say, what is God's will, not my will? And we live in a time where it's all about my will. It's what I want. It's my identity. It's who I am. It's who I think I should be, what I should have, and not, well, what does God think about that? Well, God made me this way, so that's what he thinks about. No, that's not, because the scriptures give us something different. So that's what we talk about, that when we talk about the will of God, we understand that there are things that God wishes of his creation. 
He wants us to live a certain way. He wants us to follow a certain way to live. He wants us to accept the gospel. He, he wants us to follow through with what we see in the commands of Scripture. And yet so many Christians live without this in mind. Well, we think that the will of God is, well, it's to bless whatever my decisions are. But that's not the will of God. God has a very clear path for what he wants from his people. And that's not this kind of supernatural kind of, I wonder what God's will is kind of thing. Like, read the Bible. That's what God's will is for you. As you read it, you understand what he wants you to do, what things you might need to put away, what things you might need to lay down and say, this is not what God wants for my life, for my family. This is what I should do. That is what we're talking about. We talk about the will of God is that we can choose to disobey God's will or we can choose to obey God's will. And I do think that another level within that is, is when it's not necessarily right or wrong, uh, but that there are some things that we just need to think about. Like, what does God want me to do? Do I take this job or do not take this job? Those are the things that sometimes those are called the hidden will of God. Um, and those are the things that like, yeah, you don't know because there's no Bible verse for that or anything like that. But what that should be is I want to continue to ask God, what do you want me to do? That not only should my morality lay be on the table and say, God, what is it that you desire for me to do? I want your will, not my will, but in even my, my life, just in general, what do you want me to do? What, what should I do? You submit ultimately in all things to him. You put it at his feet and in all things seek to give glory to God. So I hope that's helpful. Um, I think that this is helpful in another way, just to, to look at it like this, is if God is sovereign over all things and his will will always happen, we, we should also recognize that when terrible things happen, it was not God's will, right? So if something bad happens, that was not God's will that that person sinned and did this thing to you. And that's helpful, right? That this is not what God wanted. But it, there's another piece that we should always keep in mind too, and this is the harder part though still, and I don't think this is ever going to go away, which is the idea that if he is sovereign over all things, he, he still allowed for things. Sometimes that's called the permissive will of God. Sometimes in theological circles, kind of given a third category that his sovereign nature allows for things. But I do think that we should keep those in mind that he is sovereign directing all things. All things are working according to his plans. And yet at the same time, we can, we can break and try not obey and break things and not follow his will. And they, we have to hold those two together. It's kind of difficult and tricky to, but there is something that we as Christians need to keep in mind. All right, that is all that I've got for now. I hope that uh, this has been a fruitful discussion. And uh, yeah, let me know. If, uh, if you have any questions on that, put them in the, co the comments or uh, email me or, or whatnot. But I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. And I uh, hope you stay safe out there. And uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.